0: Deploying a first-gen managed services program, or MSP, requires hard work, dedication, and a commitment to excellence. With the right strategy and approach, however, an organization can install a successful MSP program that delivers exceptional value to the company, reduces costs, streamlines processes, and actually gives insight into where spending and resources are going. I'm Joe McIntyre, host of Talking Talent Solutions, a DZ Connects podcast. DZ Connects is a leading international total talent solution provider owned by Dan Zimmerman. Each episode of this podcast will highlight how a total talent solutions approach can help organizations across industries solve complex talent needs while helping decrease their costs and improve their business operations. On this episode, Jason Gugusberg will join us to identify several steps of deploying a first-gen MSP. Jason is a Vice President of Total Talent Sales for DZ Connects. Jason, welcome to the podcast. Thanks Joe, glad to be here. Now, Jason, for our listeners, can you
1: quickly define what MSP is and how it works? Um, an MSP or a managed service program is an outsourced model where an organization partners with a third party provider um, to manage and oversee specific aspects of their contingent labor or talent acquisition process. Uh, typically, the MSP takes responsibility for the tasks such as managing or, and organizing temporary labor relationships to help supply help with supplier optimization, leverage spend for cost savings, payroll compliance, and just overall talent management. Now, what are I guess the I mean you mentioned some of the elements
0: and services uh, that are a part of an MSP, but how does it actually work? What is the relationship between an MSP provider and I guess an organization looking to fill its talent holes?
1: Yeah, so MSP typically provides a range of services which could include um, staffing, supplier management and supplier consolidation, uh, workforce planning and demand management, um, could be sourcing and recruiting, um, coordinating and screening and selection of of contingent workers, um, onboarding and offboarding processes and procedures, uh, payrolling, centralizing, invoicing, um, compliance and risk is often Uh, a big thing with with first generation programs um, offers reporting and visibility uh, as well as analytics into what they're what they're doing currently Um, it could also include sow management and independent contractor management Um, and sometimes uh, in first generation but often 2.0 you take a look at direct sourcing so uh, those are some of the, the things that are included in a first generation MSP
0: how do you know if an MSP is right for your organization? Is it only for big companies? Is it for every company? Is it only for companies in certain industries? And I guess also what types of issues within an organization might be resolved with an MSP.
1: MSPs typically are for organizations of all shapes and sizes, and so um, whether you're a large uh, player of contingent uh, workers or contingent spend, um, or whether you're smaller, you know, maybe you're only spending five or 10 million, um, I think an MSP can provide value uh, to your organization. So, Uh, types of MSP solutions that might be suitable if you're facing challenges around high recruitment costs or inefficiencies in your current temp labor program, maybe the difficulty in managing multiple staffing vendors is oftentimes a a solution in MSP can help solve, Um, maybe inconsistent or inadequate um, talent quality, Um, compliance and legal risk related to the workforce management, Uh, If you have a lack of visibility and control over your talent acquisition process, um, and then just inefficiencies with utilization of your contingent workers as well.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask about some of the benefits of installing an MSP. You kind of listed a handful there. So, anything else that we may have missed? And I guess a question I also want to ask is Are there any drawbacks to an MSP if uh, you realize that, hey, I have this program,
1: but it may not be for me? Kind of maybe you can go over those a little bit. Uh, When you look at perceived drawbacks is kind of how I would uh, throw it out there. Um, You know, sometimes the initial setup and implementation efforts and sort of the work that might need to be um, handled by both the MSP and then internally, right? So the bandwidth to to install an MSP um, could be a perceived drawback. Change management is a big part of installing an MSP. And so, um, you know, making sure that you're working with an MSP that has a very strong change management uh, program as part of their implementation structure is very important. Um, and and I think those are probably the two that I hear most often um, out in the marketplace.
0: And uh, certainly MSP is not one size fits all. There are a couple of different types of them. So from vendor neutral, master vendor, and hybrid. Can you talk a little bit about the differences of each and what may be um, beneficial for one company versus another?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think as you look at first generation MSPs, oftentimes I would say over 90% of the time we're looking at a vendor neutral MSP. So what that means is that we will take all of your current temporary labor providers and bring them into the MSP uh, together um, to ensure fair um, competition between them. we consolidate invoicing, providing reporting and analytics, and maintain a sort of an unbiased approach to the vendor management process. Um, it's the easiest way when you're looking at a first generation MSP to sort of enter into your first generation program. Um, the others um, we often see hybrids uh, in in version 2.0 that combines elements of both sort of a vendor neutral model and then the master vendor model, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, it allows. Uh, organizations to have a primary vendor um, that might supply 70% of the temporary labor while also engaging with other niche suppliers where there might be um, gaps in skill set needs. And then last, finally, the master vendor is when you have a staffing firm that really does a great job for you and they take on the primary role and responsibility of uh, filling most of your contingent labor needs. Um, They have a preferred relationship with the client and the responsible for directly sourcing and managing candidates. um, And other suppliers in the master vendor might be engaged for specific needs, overflow, geographical reasons, those types of things. And
0: I'm gonna take a quick step back a little bit. You mentioned compliance um, and assistance there is one of the benefits of MSPs. Just talk about how that all works and what impact
1: MSPs can have on compliance. Yeah, absolutely, I think MSPs, play a crucial role in ensuring compliance uh, with employment laws, regulations, and contractual obligations between vendors. Um, They help manage legal risk by enforcing proper classification of workers, ensuring adherence to labor laws, um, and maintaining accurate record keeping. Um, MSPs also verify the compliance with their suppliers, ensuring they meet all necessary compliance requirements as well.
0: When an organization is thinking, hey, maybe an MSP is for me, what are some questions they first should ask themselves? Uh, Are there any that kind of come to mind to kind of help a company decide, hey, actually an MSP would benefit us
1: uh, pretty greatly? The choice of the MSP ranges widely based on an organization's specific needs and preferences and sort of their goal for the program. Um, But I think as you look at first-generation programs, um, I think you need to make sure that you're working with an MSP that has the experience of implementation of a first-generation MSP, uh, because there are some uniqueness and some uh, caveats and things that you need to be aware of as you're installing sort of first-generation, especially around change management. I think... Uh, make sure that you're choosing an MSP that fits the spend threshold in which you're that, that you're spending in contingent labor. Um, example, if you're spending up $20 million in contingent labor today, maybe working with a vendor that's supplying $200 million programs uh, in 32 different countries might not be the best match for you. Um, I think working with an MSP that has high customer attention um, is very important. So make sure that they're taking care of the current, current customers. Uh, and then lastly, I think, think beyond, you know, first generation and what what are your goals to, you know, as you move into a 2.0 uh, program that you're going to want and make sure that you're asking for references from from the MSPs customers um, and how they've moved customers from a first generation to maybe a 2.0 or a 3.0 uh, program and they're really forward thinking.
0: Let's talk a little specifically about first gen MSPs. It- seems to some uh, that it can be a big undertaking there's a big process involved some decent investment uh, to introduce an MSP but is that actually the case what is the reality when it comes with first in MSPs
1: yeah I think again as we talked about one of the perceived drawbacks that's exactly you know one of them that we mentioned Um the great thing about an MSP is it t- it's typically funded by the suppliers, the staffing suppliers, so at no cost to an organization, um, as well as whatever VMS technology in which uh, the MSP and the organization chooses. It's also supplier funded. Um, you know, as you're working with an MSP, uh, we we all have our own races and our own sort of time, project timelines to make sure that we're only engaging um, with let's say finance and accounting when we need answers about invoicing and billing, right? And so um, it's really not a heavy lift uh, when you look at it because most great MSPs out there will walk you through step-by-step each phase of the implementation process. And again, only engage those departments when needed um, for their input um, to install the first generation MSP.
0: What are some of the common pitfalls you've seen? Obviously, DZ Connects and you know through Dane Zimmerman and through Yo has helped countless companies uh, install MSPs. So, what are some of the common pitfalls you've seen when organizations try to
1: install an MSP and it's not really going as well as they'd hoped? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I see when it when it doesn't go as as we planned is when executive leadership or executive sponsorship is 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 weak on the on the customer side. And so, I think as you uh, move into that first generation program making sure that the executive sponsor has influence sort of over not only talent acquisition, but accounting and finance um, and technology and has the ability to engage those teams and really support the installation of the first-generation program, Um, that executive sponsor can really make or break a first-generation MSP. So, make sure you have someone on that team um, that is a advocate for this uh, being installed and can sort of influence those around them to make sure that it's happening in a timely manner as well. Now, certainly DZ Connects, again, has been in this business for quite a while, and I'm sure
0: the company has a philosophy, uh, if you will, when it comes to person MSPs. Can you just talk about how DZ Connects approaches MSPs and um, how when it comes to first gen versus 2.0 or second gen, how those uh, different philosophies may vary. Uh,
1: We're very unique in the marketplace where, you know, 80% of our customers come to us as first generation uh, MSPs. And so um, what I love to speak to customers about is our ability to customize um, each solution for our customers and the ability to uh, make sure that we're building something that fits what they're looking for and the goals that they're looking to achieve rather than taking you know set MSP off proverbial of shelf and, and and handing it to them we're designing and creating uh, that MSP um, for them to support their goals and their objectives of what they're looking to do with an organization I think as you roll into you know second and third generation the the methodology is much the same right um, what worked in gen one that we want to carry over what are some things that we may want to change in Gen two um oftentimes in between gen 2 and gen Three, it might be um, a change in technology, or it might be um, looking at other service offerings like direct sourcing or bringing SOW into the program so that they can visualize and see the spend that's going through the program, uh, not just with the contingent labor program, but also through um, the SOW and the IC vetting.
0: Now, certainly uh, MSPs of today aren't the same as they were Twenty years ago, ten years ago, and maybe even three years ago, uh, at the onset of COVID. So, can you just talk a little bit about how MSPs in general have evolved over the few the past few years, and um, what's new now that wasn't around a couple of years ago, when people maybe considered MSPs but decided at the time it wasn't for them?
1: Yeah, just in question. I think the pandemic. Um, of- brought a lot of things to light I think for a lot of organizations and 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 one of those was um, companies that didn't have MSPs installed and and might have had 10 or 12 staffing vendors that they were working with um, all of a sudden had a, a problem they didn't really know where the contingent workforce force was they didn't have a centralized um, view of of that contingent workforce or even how to get a hold of them to say hey don't come in today the plants closed or the office is closed today Um, So as we've come out of the pandemic, I I think more organizations are looking at that first generation and going, we need a better solution Um, should something uh, like COVID happen again. Let's hope that does not happen again. Um, But um, I think the conversations are happening in that middle market space where we would consider maybe something between 5 million and 50 million, where those organizations felt they had things under control pre-pandemic. So we're having more and more conversations about that. Um, There's always new technology players uh, out there and and bringing new things to to the table. Um, And we're always looking at those things at DZ Connects to make sure that we're offering the best technology solution for our customers as well. So um, yeah, I think it's changed a lot um, and that we're having more conversations around this first generation than we've ever had before.
0: So Jason, if someone wants to learn either more about MSPs or wants to get in touch with you, uh, where should they go to make that happen?
1: Yeah, absolutely. They can check me out on my LinkedIn, uh, which just type in Jason Gugisberg, and that is G-U-G-G-I-S-B-E-R-G. Um, and you'll find me on LinkedIn. Connect with me there. Um, or you can send me an email, jason.guggisberg at dzconnects.com. Love it. Well, Jason, thanks
0: so much uh, for joining us today. A great talk about MSPs. And for our listeners, also stay tuned. Uh, We will be doing a future episode on second generation MSPs, how they work, what goes into them, how they're different from first gen, and so forth. So uh, thanks again, Jason, for joining us uh, on Talking Talent Solutions, an Easy Connects podcast. To hear future episodes of this podcast, please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen in. And please make sure to rate, subscribe, and review Talking Talent Solutions, a DC Connects podcast when you can. For Talking Talent Solutions, I'm Joe McIntyre. Thanks for listening.